Hello, this video is about Zionism. Zionism is a religious and political effort that brought thousands of Jews from around the world back to their ancient homeland in the Middle East and reestablished Israel as a central location for, Jew for Jewish identity. While some critics call Zionism an aggressive and discriminatory ideology, the Zionist movement has, has successfully established a Jewish homeland in the nation of Israel. What is Zionism? Simply put, Zionism is a movement to recreate a Jewish presence in Israel. The name comes from the word Zion, which is a Hebrew term that refers to Jerusalem. Throughout history, Jews have considered certain areas in Israel sacred, as do Christians and Muslims. The Torah, the Jewish religious text, depicts stories of ancient prophets who were instructed by their God to return to this homeland, to Israel. While the fundamental philosophies of the Zionist movement have existed for hundreds of years, modern Zionists formally took root in the late 19th century. Around that time, Jews throughout the world faced growing anti-Semitism. Some historians believe that an increasingly tense atmosphere between Jews and Europeans may have triggered the Zionist movement in one 1894. In, so a, an 1894 incident caused increased tension between Jews and Europeans. And this incident is about a Jewish a Jewish officer in the French army named Alfred Dreyfus. Alfred Dreyfus was falsely accused and convicted of treason. This event, which became known as the Dreyfus Affair, sparked outrage among Jewish people and many others. Persecuted Jews who were struggling to salvage their identity became began promoting so persecuted Jews who were struggling to salvage their identity began promoting the idea of returning to their homeland and restoring a Jewish culture there. Theodor Herzl, modern Zionist, modern Zionism was officially established as a political organization by Theodor Herzl in 1897. Theodor Herzl was a Jewish journalist and a political activist from Austria. Herzl believed that the Jewish population couldn't survive if it didn't have a nation of its own. After the Dreyfus Affair, Herzl wrote Der Jerzat, the Jewish state, a, pam a pamphlet that called for, a, for political recognition of a Jewish homeland in the area then known as Palestine. In 1897, Herzl organized the first Zionist Congress, which met in Basel, Switzerland. He also formed and became the first president of the World Zionist Organization. Although Herzl died in 1904, years before Israel was officially declared a state, he's often considered the father of modern Zionism. The Balfour Declaration in 1917, British Foreign Security, 
British Foreign Secretary Arthur James Balfour wrote a letter to Baron Rothschild, a wealthy and prominent leader in the British Jewish community. In the brief correspondence, Balfour expressed the British government's support for the establishment of a Jewish home in Palestine. This letter was published in the press one week later and eventually became known as the Balfour Declaration. The text was included in the Mandate for Palestine, a document issued by the League of Nations in 1923 that gave Great Britain the responsibility of establishing a Jewish national homeland in British-controlled Palestine. Two well-known Zionists, Cham Wiseman and Nahum Sokolow, played important roles in obtaining the Balfour Declaration. Zionism and World War II. Many Jews living in Russia and Europe suffered horrific persecution and death during Russian pogromas and under Nazi rule. Most historians estimate that about 6 million Jews were killed in Europe during the Holocaust. In the years before and during World War II, thousands of European Jews fled to Palestine or other regions to escape hostility. After the Holocaust ended, Zionist leaders actively promoted the idea of an independent Jewish nation. In the end of Great Britain's mandate in Palestine and the British Army's withdrawal, so with the end of Great Britain's mandate in Palestine and the British Army's withdrawal, Israel was officially declared an independent state on May 14, 1948. Jewish Resettlement in Israel the rise of Zionism led to massive Jewish immigration into Israel. About 35,000 Jews relocated to the area between 1882 and 1903. Another 40,000 made their way to the homeland between 1904 and 1914. Most Jews, about 57% of them, lived in Europe in 1939. However, by the end of World War II, only about 35% of the Jewish population still resided in European countries. In 1949, more than 249,000 Jewish settlers moved to Israel. This was the largest number of immigrants to arrive in a single year. The Jewish population in Israel increased from about 500,000 in 1945 to 5.6 million in 2010. Today, around 43 today around 43% of the world's Jews live in Israel. The current state of Zionism. Since it started more than 120 years ago, Zionism has evolved, and different ideologies, political, religious, and cultural within the Zionist movement have emerged. Many self-proclaimed Zionists disagree with each other about fundamental principles. Some, some followers of Zionism are devoutly religious, while others are more secular. Zionist left. Typically, the Zionist left want a less religious government and support giving up some Israeli-controlled land in exchange for peace with Arab nations. Zionist rights defend so the Zionist rights 
people who support Zionism defend their rights to, to the land and prefer a government based strongly on Jewish religious traditions. Advocates of the Zionist movement see it as an important effort to offer refuge to persecuted minorities and reestablish settlements in Israel. Critics, however, say it's extreme ideology that discriminates against non-Jews. For example, under Israel's 1950 law of return, Jews born anywhere in the world have the right to become an Israeli citizen, while other people aren't granted that privilege. Well, of course they're not. <laughs> the whole point of uh, Zionism is the Jews returning to Israel. This doesn't apply to non-Jews. Arabs and Palestinians living in and around Israel typically oppose Zionism. Many international Jews also disapprove of the movement because they don't believe a national homeland is essential to their religion. While this controversial movement continues to face criticism and challenges, there's no denying that Zionism has, has successfully bolstered the Jewish population in Israel. So Palestinians, <laughs> when did Palestinians originate? Or is Palestinians just a name given to people that live in Palestine? What is the origin of Palestinians? The need and justification of a Palestinian homeland has been repeated so often and so insistently that people all over the world have come to accept it as an inevitability. That homeland, it is generally agreed, would consist of, so they're saying that the Palestinian homeland would generally, would consist of the Gaza Strip and most of Judea, Samaria, generally referred to as the West Bank. Even many good people in the United States of America and even President Trump, a well-intentioned man, advocate a homeland for or a Palestinian state. Well, let's look at the facts. An unwarded, to have a Palestinian state, it is an unwarded request. There's no merit to, to having a Palestinian state. There's no such thing as a Palestinian people. That is a concept that by the drumbeat of incessant propaganda has been foisted on the world. The so-called Palestinians are the same Arabs that live in Syria, Jordan, and Lebanon. Never at any time in history did the Palestinians have a homeland, nor did they ever demand one. In 1947, the United Nations General Assembly voted to set up both a Jewish and an Arab state within the borders of the territories. The Arabs were allotted three contiguous areas in the enclave of the city of Jaffa. The Jews were allocated three discontinuous areas. Jerusalem was to be an international city in order to get their homeland. The Jews reluctantly accepted the unfavorable deal. The Arabs rejected it out of hand and instead invaded the nascent Jewish state with the armies of six nations. The ragtag Jewish forces decisively defeated the aggressors and stayed in control of, the, of most of the area. Egypt retained control of the Gaza Strip 
and Jordan occupied Judea, Samaria, the West Bank. Had the Arabs accepted the United States partition plan, they would have, they would have had their Palestinian homeland for almost 60 years. They spurned the opportunity when it was available to them. For 19 years until the Six-Day War, the territories involved were under the control of Jordan and Egypt. Never during those years was there ever a demand for a Palestinian homeland. So during this 19 years, between 1948 and 1967, there was not a call for a Palestinian homeland. Only after the Six-Day War in 1967, when the territories reverted to Israeli control, did the, did the insistent clamor for Palestinian homeland arise. So when Israel won the Six-Day War with six nations fighting against them, after Israel won the land, then there was this big cry for a Palestinian homeland so Palestine could get the lands back that Israel won during the Six-Day War. Although the, the Israelis would probably be glad to get rid of those bothersome and rebellious people, it is regrettably not that simple. The declared goal of the Arabs, a goal never rescinded, is the destruction of Israel. Were they granted an independent state, it would geographically and strategically dominate all of Israel. Within a very short time, this Palestinian homeland would be bristling with the, with the most advanced weaponry in all likelihood, including weapons of mass destruction. Arab armies would be invited to participate in what they would hope to be the final onslaught against Israel and against the hated Jews. How about other nationalities that yearn for homeland, for their own state? There are first, first of all, the Basque, the vast majority of whom live in the northern region of Spain. They are a, a unique people with a language and a culture that has no relationship to anything else in the world. They have been fighting to become liberated, but Spain, most ferociously, in the promotion of a Palestinian homeland, refuses that. An independent Basque homeland would not endanger Spain in any way. But does the world, does the UN support the Basque in their request for independence? Of course not. Or take the Kurds. They are a distinct group of people. They live in a land that is part of Iraq, Iran, Turkey, Syria, and Armenia. They have been fighting for independence for centuries. But it, but it has never been granted. An independent, an independent Kurdistan would not endanger the countries that, that they now occupy. But does the world, does the UN support the Kurds in their quest for independence? Of course not. And then there are the Tibetans. They are a distinct people, unique in language and religion. They have been annexed by China which has flooded the country with its settlers. The Chinese are fully in the process of making Tibet into an integral part of China. Clearly, an independent Tibet, Tibet would not be any threat to China. But does the world, does the UN support the Tibetans in their quest for independence? Of course not. The quest for an independent homeland for, the Palestine, for Palestine so the quest for an independent homeland for the Palestinians 
is unwarranted because the Palestinians are not a distinct people, which never had or even claimed such a homeland. And because the creation of such a homeland would be an existential threat to Israel, both the world and especially Europeans don't really care about self-determination. They don't lose any sleep over the Basques, the Kurds, the Tibetans, or others who yearn for a homeland. They care about their own political and economic interest, which they cloak in the language of political morality. And of course, there are quite a few who wouldn't shed a tear if at the end of the day Israel were indeed wiped from the face of the earth. And that is the goal of this fake cry for a Palestinian state for a people that have never existed. The word Palestinian and Palestine came from the Philistines. The Philistines were a distinct group of people. But the Philistines were not claiming Palestine as their homeland. Let's look at more information. Yes, anti-Zionism is the same as anti-Semitism. Anti-Zionism is, is the predominant justification for violence, murder, and the hatred against Jews in Europe and the Middle East. It's now infiltrating American, well, it's infiltrating the United States of America. In a recent New York Times op-ed titled, Anti-Zionism Isn't the Same as Anti-Semitism, colonist M Michelle Goldberg defended Ilian Omar. You know, there's no defense for anti-Semitism. And uh, newly elected Muslims who are elected into the Congress have openly despised and hated Jews. They're anti-Semites. So Goldberg is, is saying that a person can't oppose Jewish ethno-nationalism without being a bigot. Really, Goldberg. Indeed, she went on, it's increasingly absurd to treat the Israeli state as a stand-in for Jews, Jews at large, given the way the current Israeli government has aligned itself with far-right European movements that have anti-Semitic roots. It's true, of course, that anti-Zionism isn't the same as common anti-Semitism. So the... Uh, Anti-Zionism isn't the same as common anti-Semitism. Anti-Zionism is the most significant and consequential form of anti-Semitism that exists in the world today. Anti-Zionism has done more to undermine Jewish safety than all the ugly tweets, dog whistles, and white nationalist marches combined. It is the predominant justification for violence, murder, and hatred against Jews in Europe and in the Middle East, and it's now infiltrating American politics. What was once festering on the progressive fringes has found its way into elected offices in the heart of the liberal activist movement. As Democrats increasingly turn on Israel, Jewish liberals, many of whom have already purposefully 
muddled Jewish values with progressive ones are attempting to untether Israel from its central role in Jewish culture and faith for political expediency. Now, of course, merely being critical of the Israeli government isn't anti-Semitic. No serious person has ever argued otherwise. I've heard, I've never heard any Israeli official or APAC spokesperson ever claim that Israel is a stand-in for Jews at large. Nor have I ever heard an Israeli prime minister profess to speak for all Jews. Israel, Israel has featured both left-wing and right-wing governments. And likewise, and like governments in any liberal democracy, its leaders can be corrupt, misguided, or incompetent. Israelis, Israelis criticize their governments every day. However, opposing Zionism itself, the movement for a Jewish homeland, is to deny the validity of a Jewish claim to a nation. So when you when they are criticizing Zionism itself, which is Zionism is Jewish nationalism, it is Jews saying that they have a right to exist, that they have a right to have a homeland. Zionism, the movement for a Jewish homeland, to deny Zionism to oppose Zionism itself is to deny the validity of a Jewish claim to a nation altogether. It puts you in league with Hamas and Hezbollah and the mullahs of Iran. The Palestinian Liberation Organization, Organization's 1968 charter states that Judaism being a religion is not an independent nationality, nor do Jews constitute a single nation with an identity of its own. They are citizens of the states to which they belong. This, it seems, is now also the position of a number of Democrats. A person doesn't have to believe in the divine promise of Israel. Judaism's ancient roots make it both a nation and a faith. One can believe in the historic necessity of a Jewish nation. For those who have faced annihilation and opposition and oppression, in nearly every part of the world, throughout every part of their long history, to argue against Jewish nationalism, which is to say to argue against the ability of Jews to defend themselves in their own state, is substantially, this is anti-Jewish. Let's face it. It's not as if Rashid Tlaib, who believes Palestine should should replace Israel on the map, is merely unhappy about Benjamin Netanyahu's policy. She's unhappy with the Jewish state. She is unhappy that the Jewish state exists. Omar, who sounds like she's quoting the protocols of the elders of Zion, isn't mulling over the reality of returning to 1967's armistice lines. She's concerned about Jews running the place. Now, media sweetheart... AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who, like the others, supports the boycott. She supports divestment and sanction movements, an effort to economically destroy Israel, the Jewish state, and everyone in it. Whether they support settlements or not is probably just embracing and normalizing a standard position of the socialist left. Not even the Palestinian Authority, incidentally, which relies on Israeli capitalism to survive. Not even the Palestinian Authority supports BDS. 
American progressives are moving to a position more extreme than the Fatahs. That apparently includes, as Marco Rubio tells it, and Chris Murphy confirms, some unknown number of senators, perhaps a significant number, perhaps not, who voted against the Middle East security bill, which includes a provision that protects states that don't want to spend taxpayer dollars on companies that engage in BDS activism. I'm inclined to believe senators probably oppose the anti-BDS bill because they didn't want to give President Trump a victory. But Bernie Sanders says the problem is that the law punishes Americans who exercise their constitutional rights to engage in political activity. Now, if you believe there's a First Amendment issue with ensuring that government contractors don't engage in discrimination, you might have an argument. As of right now, though, the only people Sanders believes government contractors should be able to discriminate against are Jews. So Bernie Sanders is saying that, that contractors should be able to discriminate against Jews exclusively. And this is anti-Zionism in practice. It's difficult to escape the fact that Israel is constantly singled out by authoritarian types. In 2018, the United Nations General Assembly, so in 2018, the United Nations General Assembly condemned the Jewish state on 21 occasions, while condemning North Korea, Myanmar, Syria, Iran, Sudan, and other genocidal and terror regimes a total of five times. China has set up internment camps for Uyghur Muslims, but Western leftists and Islamic State continue to be, they, the Western leftists and Islamic states continue to be obsessed with the liberal Jewish state, which has engaged in dozens of good faith efforts to make peace with the Palestinians. For Sanders and Goldberg and other progressives, Israel might be okay if its citizens went ahead and elected appropriately socialist politicians to run the country. Goldberg is right that there is nothing inherently bigoted about arguing for a bi-national state. It's merely suicidal for Jews in this situation, or one might say functionally anti-Semitic. It's true that Israel is an ethno-nationalist state, like, well, I guess like every nation in Europe and in the Middle East, and primarily concerned with protecting Jews. Yes, Israel is primarily concerned with protecting Jews. This is an especially important job because the rest of the world has repeatedly and dramatically failed at the task of protecting Jews. For Jews who are a part of a wildly successful and relatively safe minority here in America, it's easy to demand that, Israeli, that the Israelis adhere to their progressive notions. In the real world, however, anti-Zionism is a disaster. There are a few thousand years of history to prove it. So Zionism is nothing more than Jews believing they have a right to exist as a Jewish nation, as, as the state of Israel. Zionism is just is no different than uh, any other form of nationalism. Zionism is, is Jewish nationalism. In, a, in the United States of America, we have nationalist and globalist. 
In the world, there are nationalists and globalists. The globalists want to destroy all nations. They want a world government. I believe every nation has a right to have national pride. And I believe every nation has a right to exist. Israel has the right to exist. I want to thank you for your time. And thank you, everyone.